0: Hi, I'm Jess, and I'm out to get the life and love of my dreams. I'm tired of seeing myself get in the way of my goals and desires, be heartbroken over unavailable guys, and feel unsatisfied and unhappy in life and love. If this sounds like you too, let's do this together. I've created this podcast so we can connect, learn, and grow together. Each week I'll be sharing, exploring, and learning alongside you on topics like dating, inner work, self-love health and fitness, and so much more. Welcome to Happiness with Jess, a podcast for self-love, better dating, getting out of your own way, and getting the life and love you
1: want. I'm so happy you're here. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Jess, and I'm so glad you're here listening to another episode. Today, we're going to talk about people-pleasing. And I'm really excited to talk about this because at one time, like I was a major people-pleaser, and I kind of consider myself a recovering people pleaser right now because there is still some of this, you know, I'm still working on and still learning about and it's ongoing. Um, but I've just seen a lot of growth with this and, you know, you might suffer from this too. Like it's something that is pretty common, especially women, you know, being caregivers, just, you know, anything like we, it's just something that does come up for a lot of people. And, um, yeah. So for the longest time, like I said, I was a people pleaser. I just did not know where other people ended and I began. Like All my decisions were based on what would make other people happy or comfortable. And I really, I don't know, I guess I thought that this was making me easygoing and likable and generally pretty cool. But little did I know, like it really just made me exhausted, lost in attracting people, jobs and situations that caused me to betray and neglect myself even more. And so what I've learned on this journey is like, you know, you you really aren't doing yourself any services when you're people pleasing. Like you think that you're being nice, you think that you're being agreeable and drama free, but you're really just keeping your true self beneath the surface and it doesn't do anybody any favors not only that, like you just don't really get to know who you really are because you're focusing on others. And, and when you don't know who you are, you open a lot of doors of feeling lost and pursuing jobs and relationships and, you know, situations that aren't aligned with you. And that creates a lot of energy leaks. And I'm talking like resentment and exhaustion and anxiety And so working on my people-pleasing tendencies has been a literal game changer in my life. It has, you know, been hard as hell um, to work through. It's really uncomfortable, which we'll get into a little bit here. Um, But through this work, I've felt the happiest I have ever been, like I've just increased my relaxation. Um, The people in my life are there because they've accepted me and they bring out the best in me. I'm attracting, you know, jobs and situations that are better aligned with me. Like, it's just been so, so helpful. So if you want more of this for yourself, like you want to feel more relaxed, more happy, more aligned, like keep listening. I'm going to share a few steps I've taken and, you know, some things that you can do too, if you wish. So first, I want to just go over like what people-pleasing is. Maybe you're kind of unsure if you are a people-pleaser. So what people-pleasing looks like is needing everyone to like you or having a preoccupation with uh, what other people think. It's the inability to say no for the fear of seeming mean or you know being abandoned or rejected by stay- saying what you want. It's over-apologizing, over-explaining, maybe agreeing with everyone. You change your personality based on who you're around to gain approval. Your self-worth is dependent on others. You are rarely acknowledging your own needs, and you're often overworked, exhausted, and burned out trying to take care of everyone. Oh, and you also tend to avoid conflict at all costs. (laughs) So just reading all of those, like, yeah, that, all of those. All of those were so high for me, Um, especially like the over-apologizing, over-explaining, really preoccupied with what other people were thinking about me and my decisions and, um, you know, wanting to be liked, definitely. And, you know, these things are still ongoing, like I've I've mentioned. Um, But okay, so that's kind of like some of the bad stuff. But I do want to highlight some things that are really awesome about (laughs) people-pleasers, just because there is good things about this. And one of them is that we have a really great work ethic and tend to do really well in our careers. We also have the ability to take like the temperature of a room and are pretty adaptable. We're more intuitive and can sense what other people are thinking, feeling and needing in a situation, which makes us more approachable, friendly and usually great listeners. And yeah, so I I think it's really cool to point that out. Like, you're a, we're really caring, thoughtful, and sensitive, and strong and resilient as well. And how I've, like, as I've gone on in this journey and learning to separate myself from other people, I've just noticed those strengths become even bigger. Like, they've grown and bloomed because I have more energy to be more, you know, to care for people, or I care with boundaries now. So I'm not ever over giving to any one person anymore. Like, it's just, it's better for all around. And so, some of the things that I'm going to talk about today are, yeah, the steps that I'm working on, some things that I recommend if you want to recover from being a people pleaser as well, and yeah, just some some insight here on what that looks like for me and how I'm working on it too. So, I got three steps for us. So, the first one is awareness. This is around where it came from and how it shows up for you. Step two is identifying who you really are, so who you are outside of your people-pleasing. And then step three is setting boundaries, so drawing the line between you and the world. So like I mentioned, it's a continuous evolution. Each stage of life, job, person, you know, that comes into your life or new opportunities that happen in our lives, like you know, there's always going to be a new way to work this in. And I feel like right now in my life, I'm really heavily in the boundary setting. Like I know a lot of like where this came from for me and how it shows up. And um, I know a lot about who I am now and what I need. So for me, it's been a lot into the boundary setting and that is (laughs) the most uncomfortable step, (laughs) I think. Um, But it's really, I have gotten a lot of um, realignment with Doing this type of work. So let's dive into each of these so that you can get a little bit more insight and start applying them for your life. So, awareness this is around where it's coming from and how it shows up for you. So, people pleasing is a trauma response, it's a learned coping mechanism rooted in fear of being rejected or abandoned. And so, for me, you kind of, you know, a little bit about my story, my background with having a single mom and you know uh, a father who wasn't present in my life, so that makes a lot of sense for me. My mom, she did the best she could, but she, you know, she lacked consistency. And people pleasers start off as parent pleasers, so people pleasing behaviors evolve as a way to maintain connection and closeness with parents who were inconsistently available to their children. So for me, yeah, like the lack of one parent and then a young, financially unstable and stressed out single mom really created this for me. And for, you know, other people, it might look like your parent was a little too worried about their own troubles and, you know, weren't fully in tune with their children and what they were thinking and feeling. And this could be, you know, due to like illness or addiction. Um, It could be their own mental health or just life circumstances. Like, they just had a preoccupation with their own lives. They, they weren't fully able to give to their children. Um, it might look like, you know, they mislabeled your, your signals and your feelings. Like, if you're often called, like, the easy kid, like oh, I didn't have to do much for you because you were just so easy. But in reality, like you were doing that to receive praise and AKA closeness instead of punishment. Like you, you understood that if you just were acting good, like you're going to get your, your needs met more, more often if you were to act out, you know, in some cases, people pleasing children act like more of the adult in the relationship. They're the caregivers. They they take care of the parents in their own way. And, you know, these are just a few examples of what can cause people pleasing. But in the end, it's somehow like the parent has struggled to be emotionally connected and available to the child in a consistent way. And so we have learned to, um, you know, do these sorts of things so that we can remain connected to our parents. Like this is just a, a fundamental you know, need and desire, we relied on them. And if we weren't getting our needs met, we're going to perform and do things differently so that we could get our needs met and um, maintain that connection. So along with people pleasing, you know, codependency, anxiety, low self-worth, low self-trust, perfectionism, overachieving, like these things can come with it. And I think it's really helpful to understand like a little bit more of you know, where this is coming from for you, like how the connection with your parents maybe caused this and the ways that it shows up for you, like where you're at with your job and the reason why you like your job or um, you know, your romantic relationships, like the overgiving, like you know, these things or perfectionism is holding you back from um, just going to the gym consistently, like you feel like you got to be all or nothing. Like I've just found like the more that we information that we have about this, the better decisions that we can make for ourselves because we just have more clarity on where this is going to you know, show up. So n- for me, knowing it's rooted in my childhood really helps me um, see that it's going to show up in my romantic relationships and any situation where I fear I'm going to be abandoned or not chosen. So that's helped me a lot. And some questions that I've asked myself and that have helped me get more clarity are are the following. So what am I afraid of happening if I ask for what I need and what I want? Where might this fear be stemming from? When I look at my life, my career, my money, my health, is this where I want to be Or have I been doing things to please others in my path of life? And last question is, am I giving my body what I need to be healthy and strong? If not, why? And getting more clear on those was really helpful for me because I noticed like, you know, even working out, like it is something that's really important for me and it makes me feel good. And I know this, but if I can fit in another client to please them and, you know, do that, like I'll do that sometimes, but then it's at the expense of myself. And so I've had to make sure to block off time for myself and be very like firm with those sorts of things because I can't keep giving and giving, um, and expect to like have everybody feel good. (laughs) Like when I've got nothing to give, um, learning that, you know, where this stemmed from, what I think is going to happen when I do set a boundary or speak up for myself is also really important because yeah, there's old outdated stories there. Um, and I'm sure you'll find some good stuff with that too. I recommend maybe replaying this and taking to your journal and answering some of these questions. But moving forward. So next is identity. So along with like all of this people pleasing stuff like there's just a lack of knowing who you are and it's a lot to do with the self trust and it's because we just don't know who we are when we're too busy worrying about others and and attending to everyone else but ourselves we don't really have access to how we feel and what we really need. And so it's really hard to know what to do. And I also want to make note, like, it's really hard to love someone you don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do a whole episode on this, like, how to have a better relationship with yourself. But, yeah, like, it's it's something that to, to be aware of here. It's like when we don't know who you are, it's hard to love that person. Um, and so when we have trouble with self-trust, but it's okay. You know, a lot of this stuff, we're not alone here. Like, in fact, it's, it's kind of difficult to really come into adulthood not getting some of this negative baggage as we develop. I mean, especially if you were shamed for or punished for like somehow standing up for yourself or, you know, doing your own thing. Like maybe you heard something like, You know, children should be seen, not heard. (laughs) Or, you know, if you express your needs in some way, like you, you carry a lot of guilt with that, like shame or fear as you get older. So just take note of that, too. And not only that, like family, community, society has put a lot of pressure on ourselves, um, to be a certain way, and it can feel really uncomfortable, even dangerous, to fully express yourself. Um, and so, we tend to wear masks and put on a performance. So, you know, this is not our fault. However, it has become our responsibility if we choose. So, um, how we can gain our power back here is to create more self trust with ourselves and establish some basics on who we are like, who the heck am I? <laughs> So first, I just want to look at like what self-trust looks like. So this is the awareness of your thoughts and your feelings. This is expressing yourself openly and honestly. It's sticking to the personal standards, ethics, and core values you've established for yourself. It's knowing when you need to take care of yourself first. It's confidence that you can get through difficult times and pursuing your dreams without letting others stop you. Okay, so got some questions here to help us get a better understanding of who we are. I definitely recommend grabbing your journal and writing these down and digging deep here. So first question is, what do you value? Next one is to list out your energy drainers. So writing out what drains you and causes you unpleasant feelings like sadness, anxiety, um, overwhelm. Like some things, just to give you examples, like for me, it's too many clients, having late nights, um, checking my weight, too much coffee, disorganization, too much social media. Like these things just drain me. Next is to list out your energy producers. So, what things could you talk all day about? What inspires you? What uplifts you? What makes you feel good? Some examples here for me are thought provoking conversations, hiking and exercise, listening to a fun podcast or a book, traveling, time with girlfriends, starting my day without social media, and journaling. so this is really, this next question, this is really important for the whole process of like writing this out. So like when you're looking at those, these lists, like look at your lists and decide where you're spending more of your time. Like if you look at your energy drainers and are noticing that you spend way too much time with clients and doing small talk and checking your weight and obsessing about, you know, these things, like that's something to really take note of. Like And the more awareness of like how you spend your day just helps us make better decisions so that we can spend it differently. So knowing that you have this list of energy producers and start doing those things can really change your day and help you set boundaries for yourself. Looking at your list of energy drainers and energy suckers, like where do you spend most of your time and how can you change that if it's on the energy drainer side? you know, everything that we're learning so far, this awareness step, this self-identity step, like all of this is helping you identify more about like what you need and who you are. And so then when it comes time for step three, which is boundary setting, you have more understanding and you can actually start doing that because the boundaries is where we are able to make space for ourselves. It's the you know, the tone that we're setting for all of our relationships is the relationship with ourselves. And personal boundaries are rules and limits that you're setting within these relationships. They basically are saying, you know, what's okay and what's not okay in a relationship. Kind of like the fence around your property. (laughs) You know, this is where people can be, and this is where people, we want people away. And we get to decide what is and isn't allowed in our lives. So, there's a couple different types of boundaries that I just wanted to go over really quick. Um, there's rigid, porous, and healthy boundaries. Ideally, we want to have more of a healthy boundary. But honestly, sometimes we do want to have rigid boundaries. And we do want to be um, more porous with our, other people. So I think it's important to just share the difference. So rigid boundaries are when, you know... We're reluctant to ask for help. We're protective of our personal information and avoidant of, you know, closeness. Um, and not that all of these are bad. You know, maybe if with some people, like a creepy guy at your work, like you want to have rigid boundaries with. Like you don't want to share your information with this person. Like they just give you the ick and you're, <laughs> you're not going to disclose everything with this person. Um, Porous boundaries, on the other hand, are when, you know, we're sharing a lot of personal information. We have the difficulty of saying no, and we're maybe overly concerned with other people. And those aren't all bad either. Like, you know, you're going to be a little bit more porous with your girlfriends or your therapist. Like you want to be sharing more with, you know, certain people. Um, But there can be times where we're overdoing it. We're overextending and sharing. Ideally, we want to have healthy boundaries, and this is where we're valuing our own opinions, and we don't compromise our values. We're not oversharing information. Like, we kind of know what's appropriate. Um, We know what we want and we need, and we can communicate that. Um, So yeah, like mom might have more porous boundaries versus the creepy guy at your work. But, you know, there's definitely different variations of boundaries here. And just kind of knowing maybe where you're, you tend to lean can be really helpful. Um, like if you notice, like you're just over giving, over sharing often, you know, to maintain closeness and connection and not to lose people, like maybe we need to draw a few more rigid boundaries um, or you know and vice versa. Like you are so unable to let people in and really share how you're really feeling and doing is an opportunity to be a little bit more open so that you can experience a little bit more closeness. This can be around your time, your personal belongings, your personal space, your friendships, relationships, around conversations, your physical boundaries with another person, like yeah, all of these things are, are things to think about when it comes to boundaries here. Even the news and social media consumption. So a couple of questions here to, to reflect on. So boundary questions. What type of boundaries do you most demonstrate? Ideally, your boundaries are going to reflect those values. So for example, if you value family, you might set a strict boundary around your work so that you can have some time for your family. So looking at your your values here, like how can you make your boundaries reflect these values? Next question is, what boundaries do you need to have with others so that you can allow for your needs to be met? Maybe this is saying no to extra work, responsibilities, um, or setting expectations or rules for your time. Maybe it's asking for help with kids, groceries, Maybe assign a task to take off your plate. And last question is, what boundaries do you need to have with yourself to get your needs, your self-care met? So maybe this is around social media, like, you know, having some loving discipline with yourself around how many drinks that you're having or, you know, your exercise routine, portion control, time at work, anything like that. Okay, so I got some signs that maybe your boundaries have been crossed or that you need a boundary. So we got passive aggression or irritation, anger or resentment, burnout or fatigue, feeling your energy drain from you, increased anxiety or feeling powerless or guilty. I think that's important to start looking at because one thing that I've noticed in my work is like I kind of have developed like <laughs> like my own red flags like okay, so, wh- how do I know, like, my tank is running low, or how do I know, like, I'm approaching, <laughs> like, burnout, or, you know, s- something negative? Like, how, like, I've just learned to identify my own red flags here. And, that's been really helpful and some things like for me that I know now, like if I've had a long weekend with, you know, friends and doing things like I'm going to need some recharge time, like maybe the following weekend, I'm not going to do a lot of social activity um, or I'm going to need a day in the week to just really give to myself, take a bath, recharge in some way, Um, you know, or when my period's coming, like I know like that just kind of takes it out of me. And so maybe I need to have a few more boundaries set up for myself that week. Um, but other like red flags for me is like, I know like if I'm getting a little irritable, um, a little resentful or feeling resistance in any way, like, okay, there, maybe I got too much on my plate. I need to speak up about something. Like, it really depends on what's going on, you know, but, um, I probably need to put up a boundary or I need to let somebody know how I'm feeling and take the necessary action to do so. But I think it is important to take stock of your own, like red flags, I guess, and take ownership of what, you know, can be done there so that you can experience more ease and less irritation, um, you know, anger or whatever. So let's move on to how to set a boundary. I've got four steps for us and some examples. So first one is to identify what boundary you need. So if this is around your time, your personal space, like within a relationship, like just identifying what you need two is to communicate it directly mean what you say and say what you mean but don't say it in a mean way i think the way that we communicate it the way that we present it is really important here like if we like I've, I've been in places where you know i'm really gung-ho about my boundaries now i know what i need what i want and i'm gonna say it and it's kind of blown up in my face only because it was just you know wrong time maybe too assertive too um yeah, too direct. Like, I think it is important to, you know, say what you mean, right? But you don't have to say it in a mean way. Like, we can say things in a way that can, you know, be direct, but also not hurt anybody's feelings. Step three is to state it simply. Don't overexplain. For me, I definitely have an issue with over explaining. This is something I'm presently working on. I just like really hammered down on the explanation part because I don't want people to feel, you know, I feel like I have to justify my my feelings in some way and let people know how I feel because I don't want, I know how it feels to like overanalyze something and overthink. But truly, like, that is another form of trauma, like where you feel like you have to over explain. So, yeah, you don't have to explain you know, all the details of why you're setting this boundary or, you know, what you're doing instead. Like you can just say what you need to say and not add anything additional. And then the fourth step is to state consequences if necessary. So why it's important and what will happen if the boundary is crossed. Like this may not be necessary. It just really depends on the context. Like if this is something that you've brought up multiple times with somebody, like, You got to like be very firm, like maybe has something to do with you being like a landlord or a tenant or something. And, you know, if you do not pay rent by this time next month, I'm going to have to evict you, you know, like having some sort of consequence. Um, So examples here I have. I can stop by, but I'll only be able to stay for dinner. Then I need to go home. I'm going to go to bed early tonight, but let's meet up tomorrow. I love having you over. I just need to know when you're coming over in advance. You know, if you don't call next time, I'm going to ask you to leave. I respect that we have different opinions and I don't want to continue this conversation. It's okay to disagree, but if you bring it up again, I'm going to leave the room. Um, and then another example that's really not, like, an example, really, but, I, like, a, just a lifesaver for me is <laughs> just instead of saying yes right away, it's just saying, let me get back to you <laughs> so that I can, like, really think about, like, what I really want to do, if that is something that I want my energy to go towards. Like, you know, there, it, we want to say yes right away as people blazers, but what I've noticed is, like, that can really build up and cause resentment and energy drain and stuff. So I've really been practicing, like, let me get back to you a little bit more. Um, And then the final thing here is, like, boundaries with ourselves, too. Like, an example here is, like, kind of having this conversation with yourself of, like, I'm going to scroll or watch TV for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to go do this task, work out, go to bed early, whatever. Like, have, like, some more defined timing for yourself on when you're going to do things. Like another example is I'm going to put my phone away for the next hour and do focused work or exercise, or I'm not going to answer emails after 5 p.m. or 9 a.m. Like I think a really great place to start boundary setting is with ourselves and becoming more comfortable with that can help us become more comfortable talking to other people and communicating that with other people. Like I definitely recommend, you know, starting small and, you know, express yourself about something simple. Maybe it's something just like, you know, where you want to eat when you're hanging out with your girlfriends or whatever, like just learning how to just be more comfortable with that might be where you start off with this before you're full on telling people, you know, what you need and what you don't. Because the one thing that I know about boundaries at this point is that it is really uncomfortable to do oh my gosh, to set boundaries when you have a history of people pleasing is like so uncomfortable. I mean, like the first time I really stood up for myself, like I cried. And I cried. And it was like, I just was so uncomfortable. And you know, honestly, I still cry sometimes, like depending on the situation. But Um, usually it's more after the situation but not always but it's just like I just want to say like it's really scary to do and the possible rejection or hurting somebody's feelings like all of that like it's real Um, so just know like it's going to feel really uncomfortable and it's okay like we got to kind of keep working at it and keep moving forward something that really has been helping me lately is just Sometimes I call up my sister and or talk to a friend and just talk it through with them because like I just need a little reassurance and or I'll journal and just kind of work it out because but you know with more practice the reaction gets easier and I need less reassurance. And I know that even if the execution of the boundary could have been better, I'm really proud of myself for saying what I wanted. And, you know, I'm really showing myself that I know what I need and that I can act on it, which is really building my self-trust and my self-love. And not only that, like, People who are used to you people-pleasing may also feel uncomfortable when you set a boundary, but this is really saying more about them than it does about you. So just know like the people, romantic partners, job, et cetera, like the ones that aren't for you, they're going to fall away, you know, when you are standing up for yourself and you're setting boundaries and you're, it's going to feel really painful at first with that, but then allow space for better to come in like being in more alignment with the people that can have these conversations that can you know respect your boundaries in a way and you know you respect theirs and so just know like it is uncomfortable as hell it's super hard to do but I promise you it gets easier and you really do end up getting more of what you want and becoming more of who you want by doing this but anyway I hope that helps Um, For any of my fellow people pleasers out there, this is an ongoing journey. And for me, especially, like, I've been practicing, you know, this. And so I'm right there with you. Just know, like, we're in this together. Um, But each step that you're taking will really help you gain more confidence in your ability, you know, to be yourself. And that's really, really exciting to do. So, you know, while we're in here kind of, you know, (laughs) learning about what we really need and want and becoming more aware of this and setting boundaries, like, it's tough, but it's getting us closer to who we want to be and the people that we want to have in our lives and, you know, more experiences in that, that are more aligned with us. So it's exciting. I really wish you luck on this journey and know that I'm here for you. So DM me, I am here for you. But yeah, I hope you have a great day, amazing week, and I'm going to see you in the next episode.
0: I just want to end by saying thank you so much for being here and for listening. If you liked today's episode and are enjoying the show, please don't forget to rate it, subscribe, and share with a friend. Any of these things are helping me so much to grow so I can get in the ears of those in need. So I really appreciate it. And for more content on self-love, fitness, and relationships, you can find me at happy.i.nest.jess on Instagram. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.